You know, I am always reminded when we are in the room, worship room on a Sunday, regardless of if it's packed out or if it's only a few people, I'm always thankful that in 1972, Reverend Alley had the vision to put Calvary on television. And we have been on television ever since 1972, and we minister to thousands of homes all across central Louisiana. And then when Facebook comes along, then we are also on Facebook. But we forget about those who worship with us but are never in this room. I was at Rapids Hospital this week uh, making some visitations. I was in what is called the South Tower, the ICU unit. We had someone that was in there that had a heart procedure. I visited them. I was prayed with them. And then on the way out of the South Tower, as you're leaving to get to the elevator, there's a family waiting room would be on your left. And I walked by that family waiting room, and all of a sudden, instantly, this man jumped up, and he said, Pastor, 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 Pastor. So I stopped, and he said, you're the pastor that's on television, aren't you? And I said, well, I'm one of them. And he said, "Uh, were you up here visiting some members? I said, I was. I, I had prayer with one of our members not doing very well. And he said, my daughter, I don't believe, is going to live. Would you have time to come in my daughter's room, and would you pray? And so I did. This lady probably was about 50 years old, her father just much older, and it just reminded me the opportunities and the impact that we have all across. And and you make that happen, Calvary family, through your tithes and your offerings, and it's been a steady staple of our church for a long time, and I hope that we'll be able Uh, to remain on television. It touches a lot of people who do not do Facebook, who do not do that because they're just in a generation that's not into that. But yet we get to go into hospitals and and minister to people because of a television that's in that room. And thank you so much. Uh, This morning, I want to speak on the subject, fighting off the tendency to fall away. Fighting off the tendency to fall away. You know, in just a few weeks, we're coming to maybe our favorite Sunday of the year. And that is Time Change Sunday. And remember, in the fall, we fall back, right? So we're going to get an extra hour of sleep. In the spring, we spring forward. And you're really getting two things on that day. I didn't realize it when they were planning it. You're getting rid of me that day, is that's the uh, retirement day. And then you're also going to get a whole extra hour of sleep. How about that? I mean, what a deal you're going to get. But, you know, what I know about daylight savings time, I always enjoy the falling back. But I do not like going forward. Do you? You know, and you know, when this that time, I'd like to get my hands around the neck of whoever came up with that. But I love getting falling back. And you know, when I think about life, that's just the way life is. Have you ever noticed it is so easy to fall back than it is to move forward? Because moving forward will take some intention, it will take some energy, it will take some vision, it will take some work. It's always easier to fall back than it is to step forward. Remember we say one step forward, two step backwards. 
And that mindset, it just spills into our life. And it's easier to fall back and have a negative attitude. It's easier to be uh, selfish. It's harder to step forward and say, I want to improve my life. I want to improve my relationships. I want to improve my marriage. We have a tendency that we want to fall back. But you know, sometimes the fall is not a fall. It's a drift. You know, if, if we knew we were taking one big step that was going to be damaging to our life and to those that we care about, we would hesitate a lot more on taking that step. But drifting sometime, you just drift. And before long, you realize you have fallen so far away from the things that matter to you. And what we also notice, we see this in the Christian life. It's not just something that we do in just the physical part of our life. We see this happen all of the time. We see the happening where we drift away or we fall away on our faith journey and our spiritual lives. We're not the only followers who ever done that. And so if you have a Bible, I'm going to read several passages throughout the New Testament where we read about people who were very committed to God but then they drifted or they fell away. One would be Mark chapter uh, 14, verses 27 through 31. This is one of those where we read about the disciples, they're falling away. This is Jesus. These are some of his last words to his disciples. And here's the first sentence. You will all fall away. He's looking at all 12 of them, and he's saying, you will all fall away. And this one is written, this is the second gospel, but it's the first gospel written by a guy named John Mark, who was a disciple. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Now here are 12 disciples who left everything they had to follow Jesus. They left their family. They left their careers. Remember, many of them were fishermen. They left their dreams, they picked up everything they had, they left and they followed Jesus and walked with him for three years. They heard his teaching, they experienced his witnesses, they saw him work his miracles. But fast forward a year, a few years after that, Mark writes this book in 60 AD and he says, that they all fell away. They all fell away. You see, it's just a tendency uh, that we have. And then pick up in the book of Philemon. It's a very small book at the back of the uh, New Testament. Philemon chapter 1, verses 23 and 25, because we see something else happening here as well. Epaphras, this is Paul writing, Some years after, somewhere A.D. 60, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, he sends you greetings. And so do Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. 
Now here is Paul. He has left everything to follow Jesus. He is in prison when he writes this letter. And he's complimenting some of the disciples that are recent new disciples, and he's talking about how committed they are and how much he appreciates the encouragement from them. And Demas is one of them. But then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 13, this is A.D. 66, 67. This is Paul writing again, and notice what he says. Do your best to come to me quickly, For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia, Titus, to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in the ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left there, my scrolls and parchments as well. So in Philemon, Paul is saying this Demas, he is committed and he is making a difference for Christ. And just only a few years later, he is saying Demas has forsaken me. He's walked away from his commitment to God because he loves this world more. You see, we have a tendency to drift and to fall away. And I just want to bring out a few ways that we can strengthen our walk where we do not drift away as much. Because we see this in our faith journey, we see this in our spiritual lives. Fighting off the tendency to fall away. Why is the tendency so common? Because it really relates to all of us. It relates to pastors. I can tell you throughout my pilgrimage, I have walked closer with God sometimes than I have walked with him in other times. So it is a temptation. It is a challenge that we all have, fighting off the tendency to fall away. Why is it so common? Here's number one, because of the culture that we live in. Culture means our beliefs, our behaviors, our customs, our social lives, our values are transmitted from one generation to another. You see, not everyone in our culture shares the same kind of beliefs. And those who are not followers of Jesus Christ, they're not going to be people who will encourage us to stay in stride and to stay in spirit with him. And when we think about the post-pandemic world that we live in now, politics and socialization and the economy and religion and the list goes on and on and on. So many things are very different. Someone sent me an article this week entitled, Belief in God in the U.S. Dips to an All-Time Low. Belief in God in the United States dips to 81% a new low. So you see, we live in a culture where it may have been a lot more open to be followers of Jesus Christ. We do not live in that culture anymore. It's really kind of a joke if you think about it. We look at our currency and on the back of it, it says, in God we trust. But church family, we don't live in a culture anymore that truly, for the majority, believe in that. A culture that's not open, a a culture that is not embracing, embracing God. 
And so think about this. If you don't believe in God, you do not believe in Holy Scripture. So the Bible means absolutely nothing to someone who doesn't believe in God. It's just a book like somebody else wrote. So when you don't believe in God, then this Bible that has been a foundation for shaping the life of what we would have once called a Christian nation, it no longer has the influence because only 81% of the people even believe in God, and you're going to have to believe in God to value His Word. And we see this happening. People are pulled more and more daily away from a Christian conference, conscience. They're influenced by television, radio, social media. There used to be a world that we lived in that as we as Christians stood out as salt and light, but not as much anymore. Acts chapter 4, 4 verse 13, we read where Peter and John were arrested. They were thrown in prison all because they could tell they had been with Jesus. There was a salt. There was a light. There was something similar in their lives to the Savior that the government arrested and hung and put on a cross. So the culture. Here's another one, fatigue. Fatigue. We live in a world where we are busy we are over-calendared. We are over-scheduled. We have very little time for ourselves. Fatigue. It's a term used to describe an overall feeling of lack of energy. You ever feel like some mornings you don't know if you have enough strength to get out of the bed? Because it's the pace we live in. You see, there was a time, even as followers of Jesus Christ, we believed in what was called the Sabbath. The Sabbath was when we would take one day out of the week, and that would be a day of worship, that would be a day of fellowship, that would be a day of rest, because we needed rest. God demonstrated that, not that he needed rest himself, but after him creating the whole world, there was a period in which he rested. It's not that maybe he needed the energy. He's God. He's sovereign. He's mighty. But he's setting an example for us. But when you think of the real word, setting aside a day, what it means is the absence of work, but the presence of of worship. That's what Sabbath means. There is a day that I'm absent from work, but I'm present with worship. And so we live in a world today that we do not value. We have so many options and just the Christian meaning for us, if we're not careful, it becomes very different. Here's another reason the, the tendency is so common. Complacence. Complacent. Complacency is a feeling of calm satisfaction with your abilities or your situation. And it's easy to get that way. That we just kind of chill. We just say, hey, listen, everybody else does the same thing, you know. I'm not the only one that's not going. I'm not, I'm not the only one that's doing this. And we sense that. It's not just fatigue, it is complacency that before long we have just this spirit that I'm doing okay. I go to church. 
I don't have to read my Bible every day. And, you know, we could just go on and on and on. Fighting off the tendency to fall away. So I'm not, I don't want to be judgmental at all. But I want you to think about, as you look across this room, we basically are all creatures of habit. And we sit in the same area, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, nothing wrong with that. But I want you to think about the area where you sit. And I want you just, not right now, but just kind of later on when I really have you bored, just look around that area where you are and just think about people that you used to see that you don't see there anymore. Just think about people that you used to see all the time, but you don't see them anymore. You see, it's, it's easy, and sometimes it's a health reason, and we understand that, and people should take care of themselves. And we know sometimes people are more prone to illnesses and disease. We understand that. But that would only be a small minority of the people that are not around us anymore. The culture, fatigue, complacency is something that happens to all of us. So I want to now just kind of shift gears, and I want to talk about how do we overcome that? How do we not fall into what happens to so many? It just seems to be a natural part of life. And how do we keep from doing that? How can I build sustainability? You remember an acronym that used to be used a lot? You don't hear the acronym much anymore. DTR. You remember that? It means define the relationship. Sometimes we just need to define the relationships in our life. Maybe not just with God, but with other people. But we do need to do that with God. Sometimes when I just don't have the passion or the energy to, to worship God or, or want to be in church or be in a Bible study, sometimes we, we just need to say, I need to define the relationship. Is God in the place in my heart and God in the place in my life that he used to be? Now, I'm not saying that we can lose our salvation. Once we commit our life to Jesus Christ, we've repented of our sin, we've acknowledged him as our Savior, we have received him. We can never lose our salvation, but we can get slower in our walk with him. So sometimes we need to just define the relationship, have the pressures of life, have the hardships of life, have the hurts of life cause me to back away from that walk or that intimacy that I once had with him. It's kind of like what David writes, the psalmist in Psalms 139, verses 23, 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It would do us well sometimes just to pull aside and be quiet and be still and read and read Psalms 139 and say, search me, O God. I've been busy. Have I, have I lost my pace? And am I out of step with you? Have some things come into my heart that hold uh, a stronger place than you once did? So uh, I encourage us to do that. 
recognize the relationship. Here's another way that we can fight it. Fight it. Repent. Repent means a radical turn from one way of life to another. So if I realize that, yes, I'm not in stride with God the way that I used to be. He is not the center of my life. I don't have the passion for him that I once did. Then the Bible says that we should repent, meaning that we acknowledge the fact and that we commit that to God. We ask for forgiveness And then we ask for him for wisdom and strength and guidance as we move forward. So repent, make that radical turn and go back to him and just say, I want you to be first place in my life. I don't know where this quote came from because I have this notebook and I jot down quotes when I'm reading books. But think about it. What seems like small areas of disobedience produce large areas of disaster. You know, sometimes we say, oh, that's, not, that's just a little bitty thing. You know, I, I don't have to read my Bible every day. I don't really have to pray every day. You know, three days is, a, is enough of that kind of stuff. And if before long, it just becomes that pattern. And what seems like a very small area of disobedience produces large areas of disaster. I love, and I say this all the time, but there's a a preacher that I follow, uh, Ronnie Floyd, pastors of church up in Arkansas, and he has this statement, the most important action a Christian can take in their life is to have a meaningful time with God every day. Now, he doesn't define how long that has to be. He's not saying two hours. He's just saying we need it meaningfully. And some days it may not come in my prayer time. Some days it may not come as I read Scripture. Some days it may come as I just sit there, quiet, still, and in a season of thoughtfulness about my life, about my relationship with others, about my relationship with God. Here's another way that we can fight off the tendency. We can retool. What does retool mean? We we use that phrase often, so I looked it up. It means to organize something in a new or different way in order to improve. So if I realize that I've stepped away from God and He no longer has the place in my heart and my life, I need to retool. I need to organize something in a new or different way in order to improve. That's how I come out of complacency. That's how I come out of just being comfort. That's how I come out of many, many things. I've got to restructure my life. You say, if I I do every day what I always do every day, I'm going to have the same results. But when I change up a few things... It's going to change up what's happening in my life. So maybe there's just some small tweaking that we need to do. Maybe you have got away from being in a life group or you've never been in a life group. I would encourage you to. Maybe you need to look at differently about your personal, your private time with God. Maybe you have reached that place that you've just become too self-reliant. 
You've accomplished a lot of things, and so you're really kind of thinking, I don't need God to help me do a lot of things because I can do a lot of things by myself. And maybe that is where you are. And friends, today is Sunday, October the 9th. This could be the day that you look around and you decide, I'm rebounding. I'm not going to stay like this. I remember when my life used to have so much more peace and joy and God's wisdom seemed to guide me and God gave me strength. You know, we have a tagline here at Calvary that we have had for decades, a place to begin again. This is that place you begin again. And maybe you've just drifted. Maybe you've not even been aware of it till we've talked about it this morning, but you would say, I can, I can relate to some of that. Well, this is a place where we begin again, and before you leave this place, you could just recommit to following God more closely in what He has for you to do with your life. You see, it's easy to fall away because most of the time, we just drift. But once we realize you can't just drift back to God, you just admit it. Admit it, confess it, ask for forgiveness, and ask God to restore to you the joy and the peace and the strength of your salvation. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your witness in this community that makes a difference in a lot of lives. I'll be down here at the, uh, the front if you just have something you want to share or just for, to pray, uh, would be available to do that for a while. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for this day of life. And it is a beautiful fall day. Thank you that you are a God of change, that we go from the fall to the summer to the winter. God, you are always on the move. And God, just like changes happen in our world, you don't want us to say the same. You want us to be constantly moving closer to you, constantly being aware of your love. To think about the cross and realize that the reason blood was shed was because of our worth to you. You knew that we needed a Savior and you gave your Son. And so God, now that we have Him, we want to live fully with Him. God, we live in a world that's confusing. We live in a world that's challenging. And so we need your strength and we need your help. Point out the things that need to be moved away. Make us aware of things that need to be added into our lives to help us fulfill your purposes and your plans. And we ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You have a great day. Enjoy.